What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the SoCo Show. It's episode number 149. This, of course, is the co-host, Cody Michael. I'm joined, as always, by the SoHost, Seth Ott. Question for you. Um, you know uh-huh. how, like, TV shows... Um, I, don't, I guess I guess it depends on, on the situation, but after time, they'll upgrade, like, music or themes or things like that. We've been using this same theme since episode, like, what, six? Do you think we'll uh, ever... Something like that. Do you think, which is over 140 episodes ago, do you think <laughs> we'll ever upgrade the theme at all? Do you think we'll get a professional to do it? Like, think we'll I get, think... like, uh, like, uh, like tr- Trey songs? Is that a guy? Do you think we'll get him to do it? I think we could get Trigga. Um, <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think what I could see us do, I, I, I actually like the song. Like, I bop to it sometimes. Yeah, but so I, what, I do too, but I kind of want it, like, professionally done. So instead of, like, you know, it sounding like I thing. pressed on a keyboard, I want to actually, like, a producer to go ding, 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 put it through his computer or something. Yeah, that would be, that would be the only thing I would consent to was, like, a remastering of it. Yeah. But a whole new theme song is out of the question. That's our theme until we're dead. Yeah, we can remaster it and then sell it um, for, like, $20 off the original price of it. Yeah, there you go. Want to, of course, bring in a guy with, frankly, a better produced uh, theme song than us. At Jared Buckendall. Jared, welcome back. It's me. I'm back. Blah, 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 you know. Um (laughs) But no, that you know what, Seth, you bring up a great point. Is like now I'm thinking about it. I think I've changed my intro music yeah, two or you, three times now. You've upgraded. Yeah, well, t- maybe upgraded depends how you look at it. <laughs> I think you just brought up a great idea, Cody. You, you brought up a great point. Jared has a, a real produced theme song. Let's just take his. Yeah. Oh, you there can, you go. Yeah. Do you want it? You can have the <laughs> first one, which. Um, I found on YouTube audio, which I then later found out was in an adult video. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the, with the, whist- with the whistling? Yeah, 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 I think so. Like, yeah, the whistle, yeah, yeah, that, that was it. Yeah. Oh. I've actually heard that in other videos. Um, what Culture is a YouTube channel, uh, it's a British one, and they use it to close out their videos. So that's where You're, I heard it. You are right, though. Um, I did hear it. On a porn, Jared. It was. It wasn't what culture. It was butt culture. So. <laughs> no, it was butt <laughs> vulture. <laughs> oh, that one's butts. Uh, Jared, you said something funny a second ago, and rather than go the usual route, uh, I, I think it's a good time to premiere a brand new sounder that we're going to use when things are funny. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I didn't even have to. Like, I knew that's what was coming. <laughs> Wow. I, I knew, before we even started recording, like, I got a new sounder. That's what you said. I got a new sounder this week. That's what I heard. And I knew immediately that's what it was going to be. Oh wow. Wow. That was funny. It's So for the folks at home, like, when I when I edit the podcast, um, I don't do it as much anymore, but if I find a clip that I like, I'll chop it out. And then I'll just kind of put it aside. And so I did that last week, the day we dropped the episode, I guess Thursday last week, and then forgot about it until today. So when we started, when we like booted up to record again, I was like, oh, fuck, I did a new sounder and had to go track it down and figure out what the hell it was. So I didn't even know what it was until shortly before we started recording, but I'm very happy with the result. Well, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, you know, it, does, it doesn't, uh, you know, help your cause. When you um, said it immediately after I did that last week, you said, I'm going to make that a sounder. So, <laughs> That's an impeccable impression of the co. Yeah, um, no, I have to go. That's, that's well done. It's just, I need to make that a sounder. <laughs> that's more like uh, it. I've never, I've never been happier to be the editor. The uh, I can tell you that much. Um, mm. Wow, wow. There wow. are plenty of Cody sounds that we can do, but you know, you edit the podcast, so you're goddamn right. I, I do. That's you know why. I am the queen. That's fucking why. <laughs> um, wow, that was really good stuff. Um, I do, uh, before we get too far away from the sound, remind me, Jared, but I think we, I think we know who, who made your sound, right? Your, your theme song. Can we give a shout out? Yeah, go for it. Okay. So this is, so this is NPA, um, who we know as a buddy of ours called Nolan, um, who, uh, we all went to, we went to college with at ISU and he lives in, is it Me- Nashville no, or Memphis? No, he, he lives in Austin now. He moved. He did. He lives in Austin. Oh, great. I didn't realize he had moved yet. Yep. Um, but, uh, no, I, think, one I don't you know. Can Who find, knows? <laughs> you can find him on, uh, on Spotify as, uh, I think NPA is just, I want to confirm this. Um, um, yep. Just NPA. So if you do a search for NPA, um, and, and click on see artists, uh, Nolan will pop up and he's, he's got a few tracks on that he's released this year. Uh, we'll link to Nolan's page on Spotify in the description box. He's done some really good work for Jared, and um, I've really enjoyed the music he's been putting out. Uh, pretty cool producer. So um, if you find yourself needing a theme song, like like maybe we are, um, then uh, hit up NPA for for your stuff. And Nolan, if you hear this, shouts out to you. Uh, hope you hope you're doing well, uh, especially after the move. But um, yeah, cool, good, awesome. Uh, what else do we got going on today? A lot of <laughs> lot of stuff actually. Adjectives. Um, we got a bunch of reviews to get to. Uh, looks like we have six different movies, uh, plus a couple of TV shows. Seth has done an assignment for We Missed the Boat. And, of course, we have a couple of news items for you as well. But before we get into any of that, you know we got to hit you with some chic tweets. I call you a punk. All righty. Iron Sheik. Um... This one isn't really anything to do with any pop culture or news-related items. This is just a good old, uh, good old-fashioned classic chic comment here. So he does quote tweet something. It's from a Twitter account that is, uh, it's called Quite Interesting. Uh, the at it's at uh, Kikipedia, Q I K I Pedia, and they just tweeted word of the day, and the word of the day was jabroni. Which means a <laughs> stupid, objectionable, objectionable, or ridiculous man. And as we know. Iron Sheik does enjoy the word jabroni, uses it quite a bit. And so Iron Sheik had to comment on their, their post, and he said, you know who make this word? As in, like, you know, I make this word, like that type of that inflection. Mm. He goes, it would be quite interesting if I beat the fuck out of you, jabroni. So he threatened this <laughs> Twitter account. <laughs> he needs to get his royalty payments for the use of apparently his word. I, I can yeah. understand that. Yeah, man. Wow. So the secret word of the week. There we go. Secret word of the week, jabroni, uh, as brought to us by, of course, the Iron Sheik. I call you a punk. All righty. Got to shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! 
There we go. Mathis Designs as well. Find our friend Steph on Etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Pain! And of course, Mike's Wood. Head over to Etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed to get your wood worked. Hoopla! (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a lot of hoopla to me. Let's, uh, let's kick it over to our previously recorded selves for one more ad on Anchor. And just a reminder to folks that all of our Anchor revenue, uh, ad revenue and contributor income for the month of June is being donated to support the Black Lives Matter movement. So if you want to be a part of that, head on over and become a contributor today. Uh, we certainly appreciate our contributors that are already out there. Of course, we have... At Jared Buckendall. As well as Mike V, uh, KCC, and Anna S. Uh, certainly appreciate y'all's contributions and helping us keep the show going and as well uh everybody out there who's not a contributor just by clicking on these episodes and sharing them with friends you're helping out the show so we certainly appreciate you uh not only spending the time with us but helping us get the word out so with that let's turn to uh the main bit of the show here and i want to i want to start with what i know is top of mind for the two of you uh and we spent a little bit of time talking about this um before we started recording today but uh kind of exiting TV and and movies for a touch of time. Uh, Big, big video game drop this past week. Uh, We had The Last of Us Part 2 come out for the PlayStation 4. And uh, this is the sequel to 2013's big smash hit uh, on the PlayStation, The Last of Us. And uh, I know from hearing from the two of you that you've you've spent a lot of hours in this game already, and, and it sounds like you're having a pretty good time. Spoilers, we are the monsters. <laughs> oh, shit, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. The Last of Us Part Two. I, uh, unfortunately, I didn't have time this weekend to play it, but the last, like, two or three days, I've sunk a solid, like, 23 hours into this game, and my god, we're not going to talk about the story, story at all, really, but um, just the technical aspects, and I, I'm curious what, what Seth is working with over there with a the 4K TV um, and PS Pro. But I have spent so much time walking, like, I spent probably 20 minutes walking in circles in snow to see if the footprints would disappear, and they <laughs> didn't disappear. Um, and also, I would, I picked up a photo, and I just kept moving it around to see if the light would reflect off of the photo paper for, like, 10 minutes. And then also, I every time I see a mirror, I just stop and look at myself in the mirror, because mirrors work so well in this game <laughs> are you describing a video game or the time you did mushrooms because that sounds like the same type no of this shit. is a normal tuesday for me <laughs> oh man i know i i've been working through the original game from 2013 uh well the remastered version for ps4 and it looks incredible so to know that there's been a you know a, a jump in the tech since then seth you're, you got to be looking at some shit that's pretty close to photo real yeah that definitely there there's some some players in the game that look pretty real. There's a character in the, that's named Seth in the game, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, yeah, they murdered know. him right away. They did. Uh, no, nah, he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna end up being the secret hero of it all. They're gonna like flash back to the first game, and he was there, just like he was behind. the one sniping the whole time. <laughs> he was behind Joel, like killing all the monsters that Joel like passed back to him. Like he just, <laughs> um, just yeah. There was actually three people in the first game, but the game yeah. uh, director didn't like him, so they yeah. cropped him out of every scene. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but yeah, it, it looks, there's times where it looks photo, cause yeah, I'm, I'm playing on a 4k HDR. 
Um, I, I sat there for a while and messed with all the settings uh, to make it look as, as good as possible. Um, and then I'm playing too with uh, some like surround sound headphones that I bought uh, a couple months ago um, that so I can hear like the clickers behind me, you know, oh, doing I don't like that. And stuff. Um, I can hear water drip. I was telling Cody, I was playing, I was in like a, a like a, a base op- of operation type thing that was in like either a hotel or a, a old apartment building. And I could hear like, I'd be searching in one room and I could hear like a cabinet creak or something right like behind me. Um, so, <laughs> oh no. So like that, just the, like that detail of the sound that they put in that game even is, is pretty crazy. No, no wonder there was a separate install disc for the game. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was, I thought was so cool. Um, I was like, Ooh, I gotta put an install disc in. I got like all nerded <laughs> out about it. Um, Ew. But, <laughs> but uh, no, it's 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 fantastic. I'm eight hours in, but I feel like I'm probably only like 25 minutes into the story um, mm-hmm. with how much I've been like searching for things and and looking at just the small details of like posters and you know I found a PS3 in the game because it takes place in 2013. You know, the outbreak took place in 2013, so there's still like 2013 technology and stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it it's it's fantastic. It's even it's it's one of those things though. Like Last of Us, especially, it's hard for me at least to sit there and play for long stretches of time too, because it's it's such a heavy game and the world and everything around it's so just like it's bleak and like oh it's tough. Like it's gonna be an amazing. I think if they do it right, they got Neil Druckmann involved and they got the the uh, Chernobyl guy. Like if they do the the miniseries right. People are going, to, or not mini series, but limited series or whatever it's going to be. It people are going to love it. People mm-hmm. are going to be obsessed with it because I went and bought, went back and watched um, the cutscenes and like story recaps, and there's a ton of lore involved in here. So if they do, you know, if it's ten episodes and you know, ten hours long, you know, the cutscenes together are only about an hour and a half. So they can include some of the stuff that. They, you know, like kind of expand on some things from the game. They can include stuff that happens in between. Like if they keep the lore and they like make this the series it can be, the show itself is going to win. Em- like it's going to win Emmys. It's going to be a fantastic series if they get it right. Um, mm. But the the game itself is so heavy and like it's like playing a movie. It's like playing a mini series. It's like playing a limited series. It's so it it's interesting how real they make it feel. Like going how like invested I am in going to find tape. <laughs> like you know like because i'm like i gotta have this because like i might die like mm-hmm. <laughs> i was like i might i might need this later you know like just little decisions of going to find things and then all of the mini stories that take place inside of the world like reading about a woman who was afraid that her husband is going crazy and and um gonna kill them like just like little notes that are left or little like seeing people who like skeletons that are next to like a shotgun and being like, yep. what the fuck happened there? Like it's, it's so detailed and no wonder it took seven years for them to make another one. Cause yeah, that, that, that's what I was just going to add on top of that is the fact that not only is the story in the first one great, the story in the second one is pretty awesome so far. And, and again, I haven't beat it. Um, God knows how far I actually am. Maybe I'm 30 minutes in, who knows compared to Seth. Um, but the environment, yeah, I'm five minutes ahead of you. I have so much tape though. Um, the, the environmental storytelling elements of this game are outrageous because like he's saying, you know, you find someone next to someone or a dog collar or just buildings that people are hunkered up in. And then you find the notes in just the, like, 
each little area you go into is kind of almost a self-contained story because it's like, oh, yeah. what happened in this coffee shop? And you kind of find out, oh, the manager did this or, you know, the they were working the day the outbreak that happened or something. Like, um, there's one really cool part where they kind of pay homages to some movies. They don't specifically say them, but there's like a bank robbery. And then they're like, oh, yeah, yeah it's like this movie. And yep. they kind of, you know, hint at a movie that you probably have watched. Mm-hmm. Like this even- is interesting to me because I've played I'm I'm deep into the first one right now. I'm trying to catch up to you guys and and I've seen some of that depth uh in in the original game, but it seems like they really blew it out for the second one. Yeah. It's it's nuts, man. Like and you've probably seen some articles online. A lot of people are review bombing the game and that gets into some spoilers of, you know, why, but the thing people are getting upset about it happens pretty early. Yeah. Yeah, in the game, and so it, it's the and when you see a lot of the the reviews, it's from that moment that happens in the game, and that people are mad. So like, I don't think people played like, the people who were reviewing it came out immediately. I don't think they've played it because like, there's there's there there's so much involved in this game and this world. Like I I don't some things I get why people can be upset about, and but in this case. And it's a big thing that happens, and it's you know it's it's a big choice, but it makes sense, at least to me. Even when I played so far, it makes sense, and the rest of the game is so incredibly like well done and detailed and thoughtful. Like everything they do in this had like some sort of thought. I don't get how you could say it's a bad game at all. Like even the eight hours I've played, I don't. There's there's nothing about it that's been bad. Crazy things that have happened. Things I've been personally upset about, but, like, upset about because I care about the game. You know? Like, it's mm-hmm. it, there's nothing about it that's bad. Yeah. I, objectively, I cannot think of anything that's were, actually bad about Seth, this game. Uh, were you upset because you ran out of scissors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you, get a, you certainly have to hoard your scissors. Seth, you touched on something um, a bit ago that I definitely wanted to ask you all about. Because for folks who don't know, the first game, uh, Ellie is a 14-year-old, I believe, and and the second game ages her up and makes her the, the playable protagonist in the game, uh, where the first one, the, the pl- your playable protagonist, was an uh, older man named Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious for you guys, um, knowing that the series is coming out, right? And obviously we all have high expectations and high hopes for it. What are you hoping to see out of the sh- out of the show? Are you hoping to see a retread of the first game? Maybe an aged up Ellie more close to the second game? Something unrelated we haven't seen yet? Or what what at this point and and with some exposure to the story of the second game, what what is it you're hoping that they focus on? I say just do do the game. Do exactly what it is. Um expand on what, you know, some of the world maybe. Um but even so you don't need to because the the heart of the game is Joel and Ellie and their relationship. Um, the world around it's pretty crazy and like you know it's interesting, but the heart of the game and and that's something even like you've never they 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 do so many things in the first game that pay off in the end that that makes like they build from from ground up. You're thrown into this world. They show you this this guy and his and da- I think you I mean it takes place in the past, but you see this guy and his daughter and she dies and he's he's left you know, alone essentially. And they spend the time like building this backstory and building time with these characters. And then Joel and Ellie in that relationship. And 
that journey they take together where it starts where they don't like each other and by the time that's over they you know are like father and daughter that that's the base of the story if you change that it's gonna suck so like mm-hmm. i think you have to do the same and the, the world and everything was neil Druckmann is involved too he, he's he's the guy who created the game and all that stuff he's involved with the show it's gonna be the same thing mm-hmm. maybe with some mm-hmm. things added on i mean that's what needs to happen because that the gameplay in the last of us and all that stuff it's not groundbreaking it's not it's there's games that do it better but it's the story and the world that is way more important. It's it's mm-hmm. stuff that's never been done in games. Yeah, so if you, I were to have answered this question so before Seth, I would have said, I don't know. But now that he kind of gave his two cents, I think that, yeah, you have to stick to the Joel and Ellie storyline. I mean, sure, maybe they run across different people on their journey, maybe switch it up a little bit, maybe add a little bit in there. But I think that, yeah, their dynamic is going to be the core of the film or the the series. Um, Yeah, I, I, I think that that's what you go with. And then who knows? I mean, what is it specifically 10 episodes and then they're done? I don't know. Okay. Well, they did say that they're, they were going to wait to write the show until the second game came out so i maybe they're gonna do something i don't know i don't know yet actually Hmm. it's interesting and and being in the steeped i'm deep into the the first one like i said right now and i agree with you guys like the the world is cool and it's beautifully done but like you said, Seth, it's the the game, the mechanics of it, fine. You know, it, I mean, it's it's really well made, but it's not like they didn't do anything. They didn't invent much for this. Um, but that, and like any good game, especially, you need to center around a really powerful, and I don't mean like strong, but like um, a protagonist that people can really lock in on. And mm-hmm. every game, every game that is successful has that. Mario, Halo. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, not Spyro. Boogerman has that. Not Spyro. Spyro and Sparks, you dick. Yeah, yeah. But you need need, uh, someone for it to center around. And then you need to put put him in a world. Nathan Drake is another great example. You need to put him in a world that is interesting and compelling, but it's really about people. And I think that's where the HBO show could really succeed is because like a lot of the other shows and movies that we see... Every, every movie is really just about a couple people and everything around them is just the dressing. Um, but if they really do end up driving at the personal connection between these two, and certainly I'm sure they'll add some things, but um, I'm in agreement with y'all that, that this is, that's what I hope they hone in on rather than just taking the, the world and setting a new story. I don't think that would be quite as compelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, I think the story is the thing that I'm looking the most forward to followed closely by... Mm, I you know what I want to see what the hell a live action clicker is gonna look like. Um, oh, no. the, the sound they already have the sound down to make it creepy, weird, terrifying. But I want to see how they're going to pull that off. Um, that's probably the thing I'm most excited for, aside from you know the story, obviously. Mm-hmm. I never would have thought of that, but they're gonna do <laughs> those clickers are fucking scary. Like yes. that's gonna be they're creepy gonna do that hell, really man. well, I'm Just, sure. And they got a crazy budget, so. And the way they move is like uncool. Yeah. Yeah, they they like twitch and stuff. Yeah. And they're even like I mean it's even more creepy in the second game because I was ta- like talking with Cody where they like each clicker like looks different now. Like mm-hmm. they have different clothes, different shapes, different like 
polyps on their head. Like, it's all... Well, and sometimes, too, they're, like, howling, and I think that they've found me, but they're just creepy freaking out. Yeah. (laughs) Man. I... What I can say so far... (laughs) good. Um... Having just gotten onto the first game, it's a high recommend. And it's available for cheap on PlayStation Network if you've got that. Um, but get, go play the first one. And then if these guys are any indication, the second game is fucking amazing. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to finish the first one out and get to number two. Um, and uh, it's a recommendation from the show that you, that you go ahead and do the same. Number two is poop. Number two is poop. You were right about that, Seth. Um, let's, let's, let's get back into the, into more, more explicitly the movies here. Um, I, I don't remember if we talked about this last week or yes, I know we did actually. Um, Regal has now joined, uh, the likes of AMC and has announced that it's going to be reopening in July. And, uh, we've talked in the past and I, I mentioned that I'm, I'm really trying to hold out before I go to the movies for Tenet because Tenet and IMAX is like what I'm really looking forward to. And part of my brain is going, oh yeah, I'm just going to wait for that. I just want that to be the first thing I see. But then Regal comes out and they have their list of releases that are going to start playing on July 10th. Um, And it looks like they've got 20 movies um, that are going to be playing at different times that I'll have a chance to go see. So I'm going to, I'm going to run down the movies you guys, and then get some thoughts from you on what you think I should go see um, or if you think I should continue to wait till Tenet. So there's uh, two slates. There's a slate that starts on July 10th and one on the 17th. So on the 10th, we have Black Panther, which I just rewatched last weekend and is incredible. Um, Bloodshot, which I know you guys both enjoyed. No. Um, the original Rocky, which I know stinks. Yo, Adrian. <gasps> oh, my God. I yep. would poop in my pants to go see that movie. <laughs> <laughs> in the theater. One ticket for the Dookie film, please. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, Rocky, uh, Unforgiven, which I've never seen, but I guess fans of Westerns love that one. Um, Empire Strikes Back, which I've seen a thousand times. Uh, the Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> and Batman Begins. I don't know why they put them in that order. Yeah, um, that's weird. I'm definitely not going to Batman Begins, but I might go to Dark Knight. Um but uh, Inside Out, which was a movie on Seth's to-do list when we started We Missed the Boat that I know we've all enjoyed. Jared, you saw Inside Out, yeah? Uh, I've only seen bits and pieces. I've never watched it all the way through. Well, ooh, that's going to Throw it on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just made the list! And, uh, and to round out the 10th for the July 10th slate, Jurassic Park. Yeah. Who cares? So again, uh, Black Panther, Bloodshot, Rocky, Unforgiven, Empire, the whole Dark Knight trilogy, Inside Out, and Jurassic I'm gonna, Park. I'm gonna fly out to Ben and come see Rocky in the, on the theater because like that <laughs> that that's a bucket lister. Like that's something I really want to do. Yeah, I could see I could see myself that, maybe doing that. That and Clerks. I want to see Clerks on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- those two for sure would be. One, like, I would go in a heartbeat to either of those. Yeah. Jared, what do you think of that list of ten? You seen any of those? Um, I mean, some of them, it was just like, eh, why? Like, for example, that Unforgiven, I, 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 maybe that's catering to the older crowd or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think I'm going to um, – probably The Dark Knight – Maybe The Dark Knight Rises, Jurassic Park. I don't know. There's, there's a, you know, probably three, four on that list that I would potentially mm-hmm. go out to the theater for. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I think for me, like, I mean, like I said, I've seen Black Panther a ton of times, but I wouldn't mind seeing it in theater, right? That'd be fun. Um, and the same goes for the Dark Knight trilogy, but Rocky and Jurassic Park are two that um, that I'm considering. Um, and of course, I've seen both those movies several times, but getting to see it kind of in that in that setting is something I never expected to have an opportunity to do. And and I'm as an as an experiment for myself. I'm wondering if I'll cry if I see Jurassic Park in theaters because that that movie is notorious for making me cry. <laughs> the Jeez. opening um, gates. Yeah, when they get the gates. So I don't know. I'm, we'll see about those. I'm I'm curious. So is this a set schedule for those two weeks, or is it kind of changing where? Maybe the second week they're going to flip-flop some movies or are they actually going to bring in some new releases? Because I think um, St. Maud, for example, is a movie that's mm-hmm. coming out like the 17th. And I think that there's some smaller movie coming out on the 10th. And I'm curious if all theaters are going to be playing those or if it's going to be kind of like limited releases for those. Mm-hmm. I don't see them here, but this is an ad specifically for the what they're calling bringbacks. Okay. Um, so I'm not sure what new releases there are going to be yet. I'm super jelly about Rocky. Oh, I, I didn't even realize it was on the list until just now. Um, oh. But um, but but wait, there's more guys because that's only the the first week. The second week they've got a new list of ten movies, uh, and some of these are bangers as well. So they've got Inception, uh, which was the first movie I ever saw twice in theaters uh, was Inception. So I, I have fond memories of that. Sonic the Hedgehog from back in February. They're bringing that back. Nice movie, but I doubt I'll go see it again. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody from uh, 2018 is another one. I really enjoyed that one in the theater, especially because it was pretty packed and you have all the music. Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy is on here, um, as well as Iron Man, the first one. Mm. Um, Jaws. Have you seen uh, Jaws? <laughs> have you seen Jaws? Uh, Beauty and the Beast, which I know Jared liked a lot. Uh, well, the live back. action one? Yep. Yeah. And then finally, Interstellar is the 10th. Ooh. Um, so there's a few in there that, yeah. that I'm considering. But out of those, Seth, what do you think? Any of those worth getting out to? Um, I don't know. I, uh, pro- I probably wouldn't go to any of those maybe jaws i've never seen jaws like in, mm. in its entirety kind of like with uh, jared and inside out like i've seen bits and pizzas and stuff like when they were on you know like spike tv or tnn or whatever back in the day spike um, tv i think it was tnn <laughs> back when it was doing that but um never watch it all so that might be interesting and they're doing that here at one of our theaters but i don't really want to go to that theater um that's probably like inter like Interstellar was an, a great movie experience. I don't know if I needed to see it again in the theater. Like I I almost like that that's one I would have when I went and saw 2001 in 70 millimeter. They were doing Interstellar around the same time, and I would have at the time preferred that. And then obviously 2001 in 70 millimeter was amazing. Um, but anyway, some it, you know Inception was a great movie experience. I think Cody, I was with you the first time we saw it. Um, you're right yeah oh my god that's so long ago now (laughs) that's 10 years ago now this summer yeah so i you know i don't know if i need to see that one again um so yeah the other movies you mentioned didn't pop out so maybe jaws Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what do you think yeah 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 i'm kind of thinking jaws as well because i'm kind of in that same boat (laughs) pun intended um (laughs) with uh with seth where i've i've never seen it all the way through um i know bits and pieces obviously and I'm sure I I probably have seen the whole movie, but just never in just one setting. Um, Inception would probably be the one on the list, which is funny because I think the 
time I saw that in theaters was the Dollar Theater back in Ames, our college town. Um, and we had we had taken in bottles of wine with us and just watched uh, Inception for a dollar. Um, That's awesome. So I, I would probably watch that. Otherwise, you can tune into what Fortnite and they're showing some of his uh, movies in Fortnite. Yeah, what the hell? How much are they paying Chris <laughs> Nolan? Because everything Christopher Nolan's going through I have Fortnite. No right? idea. Isn't that weird? Man, I've never part. I don't like Fortnite, so I've never participated in one of those. But it's so fucking strange to me that people in the middle of playing their game are going to go, yeah, Inception's on. Let's go ahead and watch that. I, I, and I, maybe that's not how it works. I don't know, but I, someone's going to need to explain that whole thing to me because I don't get it. I, I, I think I think I know Seth is not, but Jared, are you a Lord of the Rings fan? Mm, not a big fan, but I will watch them. Like I, I don't really prefer... Mm, the first one is a slow burn. I really like the second one, and then the third one is right close to the, the second one. Um, I, I, I remember watching the second one quite a bit, but I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan. Like If you ask me lore... Like, same with Harry Potter. Like, I love Harry Potter, but I don't know anything. Like, you ask me a trivia question, I'm not going to be able to answer it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, Lord of the Rings, I had an interesting experience. I had never, I had seen The Fellowship, like, a couple times, and then I dated a girl in college who was, like, really into Lord of the Rings. Ooh. And I got kind of, like, that thing happened where you're, it's, it's kind of like, I'm forcing you to watch this movie I love, which... Uh, like I, I know I've done with like Star Wars, but I've tried to stop doing that in recent years because I think people that do that are annoying. But um, <laughs> so I, that's that is the context in which I watched Lord of the Rings. I was being forced to watch it, and I really didn't enjoy them very much. But they do get a ton of love, so there. It's a trilogy that I've been meaning to give another chance to, and this might be a good opportunity to do that. Other than those. Jaws is the one I think that that I would consider. Interstellar I would love to see again, but I've seen it a few times. You know, mm-hmm. same with Inception. I just watched Inception like like a month ago, so um, Jaws would be something relatively new to me. I'm just like you guys. I know I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you much about it. Um, is that the one with the then, dolphin? It is. Yeah. It, Free Willy. People people get really <laughs> confused. Yeah. Jaws is the one or yeah, Jaws is the one where the shark jumps up over the the rocks. Uh and Michael and, Jackson's uh, and gets free. in the credits. Yep. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Not to be confused with uh with Free Willy where Sam Jackson gets bitten in half <laughs> by the shark. Yeah. I I still can't believe they got Jason Statham for that movie as well. All right. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking Statham. So yeah, it's it's a pretty solid slate of movies coming out starting July 10th. What I'm honestly, I, I've talked a big game about waiting for Tenet. I don't think I'm gonna make it, y'all. Like, <laughs> whatever it is, and I'm probably not gonna go to Bloodshot. But like, if I was don't. bored and something was on no, and I knew it. it was in the theater, I'm I'm, tr- I'm trying to go see what's there. You're um, right. So if, like, if you got COVID while watching Bloodshot, um, you <laughs> might as well just like end it then because like that's the worst movie to. <laughs> That's the worst movie to get a fucking virus in. That would, yeah. The movie not, is a virus. No bueno. Um, I will say there, be there's, so a, there's a couple articles claiming that Mulan p- could potentially be postponed. So if that's the case, I don't know how. I mean, I feel like Tenant, since they moved it a couple weeks, I think it will firmly stick where it is. But it does sound like some of these newer releases, releases are being a little skittish about, about uh, everything right now. Mm hmm. Yeah, it it seems almost, especially when Tenet moved, it seems well, like maybe no one no one wants to be first. Do you think that's the fear? Because kind of fear. I think that that's what's going to happen. I think that's what they're citing. I almost wonder though if this is because I know just 
yesterday as of when we were recording, so Tuesday, um, the 23rd, uh, the old Fouch, uh, that, that guy, the, the, the health guy, he came out and said that um, he, they're uh, with pretty decent exp- uh, you know, likelihood. They're expecting a vaccine at the end of this year, early 2021. Um, it's a, they said, he said, it, quote, it's a matter of if, or a matter of when and not if. So it sounds like it's coming soon and, and, you know, we should be hopefully, you know, getting back to somewhat normalcy, um, by the end of this year, or early next year. Um, maybe some of those movies are pushing back until 2021 when we can see movies all together again, you know, may, maybe from January until, you know, summer next year, it's going to still be packed, you know, back to back to back to back. Because, like, right now, movies are going to be, no matter the biggest movie, is going to still be a half full theater, you know. Um, so maybe they are going to take that now at this point. Because initially when I when I was thinking of this being, um, you know, like, like with Tenet spending all this money and then, you know, I, I didn't think they would delay because they spent all this money in marketing and the chance of them getting that money back are going to be very slim for a while, like even into late next year. But with recent news about vaccines coming a lot sooner than expected, um, you know, maybe they could make all that money back. Maybe they, maybe they do expect to get full theaters again sooner than they thought. Yeah. It's certainly going to be fascinating to see. And at this point we're so close that I'm like, just, just come out. Like, I just want to fucking Mm -hmm. see Tenet. Um, but uh, certainly, a lot people a lot smarter than us but are trying to figure that shit out right now. You, you think about it. I mean, if it's early, if it's late this year, by the time something comes out, that's only four months away, and some of these movies, you know, four or five months away. So um, potentially, like at best. So if you think about it, though, like we've already been doing this shit in this pandemic for shit almost for almost four months. months. You know, it's not <laughs> in these movies. A lot of these movies have pushed back almost. You know, it's not really that much further back especially with going what's going on you know in the world um you know they could they could do it you know so who, who knows i'm glad that the theater is open um i i think i don't know i, I go back and forth about whether or not i want to go because i'm i'm a little i'm maybe a little bit more skittish than most about reopening and and i haven't i've really barely gone out i'd say um, out of the three of the three of us you're i think the only one that's gone to a restaurant so yeah <laughs> you I went go to once a and, restaurant I did, yeah, and and actually had a fine time. Like it, it was fine. But so it was fine dining. It was fine dining. Well, for what I spent, it was fucking pretty fine. Um, but <laughs> they, uh, it it was it was different, but but okay. But it, but then like last week, someone someone I know and have spent time with had someone they know and had spent time with test positive, and so. Um, this person that I know got tested last weekend and if they tested positive, I was going to go need a test. And that just kind of <laughs> spooked me. And so now I'm like, I've been, I haven't left my apartment since last Friday. I don't last Thursday now. Um, so I, I, I got spooked back to, to maybe I'm not going out anywhere for a while yet. Uh, Cause the, <laughs> when there, when that reality was presented to me, I was like, Oh yeah, no, I'll just stay home. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I'll, I'll spend the entire next two weeks probably thinking about whether or not I want to go to the movies. <laughs> so, because uh, you know, I'm, don't worry, Jared. I don't know anyone who has it, so we don't have to worry. I'm I'm coming to visit Des Moines this weekend. Um, Sorry, and... I have some bad news. I, I have it. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler. 
And we talked about potentially because uh, some movies, you know, going to this topic, I guess some movies are coming out and uh, near Jared Jared's theater in Des Moines um, that sound pretty awesome to go to, like Gravity and IMAX 3D, which would be pretty dope. Um, I'm wearing a mask the whole time. Uh, like in the seat, I'm wearing a mask. So, I don't, you know, like, I, and I don't think it's probably not required, right? So... No, I think for that theater, um, again, it's a local one. Um, it's only in the state of Iowa, I believe. Yeah. They said that it's optional, but all of the employees obviously are yeah. having to wear them. So I'm wearing one the whole time. Like, I'm going to, I know it'll be, like, if we go, uh, I'm going to, you know, be uncomfortable, but I'm going to wear one. Um, so, I, you know, like, and I know it's it's more for to protect other people from you than it is to save, but also I got some filters in there, so suck it. Um, <laughs> but, but uh like I don't know, I I I'm still gonna be safe about it, and I'm I'm doing you know I'm 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 wearing the mask everywhere I go if it's not you know I, I guess work is the only place I don't wear it because it's very few people and you know whatever, but going to public places in general I I wear it so I don't know you know the, it's, it's the one of those things. The more and more we're talking right now, the more and more I'm thinking, what is someone ten years from now potentially listening to this thinking <laughs> right now? Well. I mean, the first thing they're going to be like is, uh, you know, that those four years uh, from 2016 to 2020, that, that, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> this is found archive footage that's going to appear in a found footage horror movie where they dug it. I don't know. Maybe they got a fucking flash drive with a couple episodes of the Soko show on it. Someone, and, uh, someone downloaded it to a flash drive. <laughs> Yeah, I like to think we have those kind of fans that that the show is on a flash drive somewhere, and some poor bastard has only this as the thing they're listening to in the apocalypse. It's like Horizon, the the video game Horizon. Like they're gonna scan something and it'd be like, ah, the Iron Cheek, you know, he said something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Jabronis. <laughs> oh my god. And I was just I, shot in the head by a futurist. If you're out there in the future, um. I'm sorry that this is all you have to listen to. Um, and that's it, I guess. I just, I, w- I wish things were better for you. Uh, also, check not. out Mike's Wood. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Check out Mike's Wood. <laughs> In the future, when, like, um, it's going to be like Horizon when, uh, you know, there, there's some technology left, but it's it's basically, you know, run the world's run by robots. Mike's Wood is going to come in. Like, he's going to be the merchant. He's going to be the lead merchant. He's going to make spears. What are you buying, stranger? <laughs> yeah, he's going to make spears and shit for everyone. Mike's Wood is going to be real important. And we're going to live in his, like, castle and, uh, uh, you know, satisfy his needs, I guess. <laughs> huh. You want to elaborate on that one? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's going to need someone to, like, play video games with, and that'll be me, mm. and then someone to... Um, you know, like entertain him, um, you know, like with, with skits and stuff, that'll be Jared and then someone to rub his peen and that'll be Cody. The master well, I, woodsman. <laughs> I can, I can be, I can be a masseuse, but I'm going to focus on his, on his, on his feet. Cause you know, I really like feet. That's, <laughs> that's going to be my, I'm okay with that. If that's my lot. Um, yeah. Mike's wood, maybe wooden weapons. We could get some fucking spear guns or something with some wood. We got some strategizing to do for the end of the world. Um, but for now, talking about, you know, opening back up in theaters and, and movie releases starting to come back again, something that we talked about 
um, on uh, J Buck Live this week, which you can uh, catch over on the YouTube at Jared Buckendall was uh, the, the return of trailers. And we've seen trailers come back for movies like The King's Man, which is the prequel to Kingsman that we're expecting later this man. year. We got, uh, we got a trailer for, um, for Hamilton, which I am incredibly excited for. Very, very much looking forward to seeing that. Um, and, and a couple other trailers as well. So ha- has that, has the return of trailers and starting to see a little bit more of that, is that really getting you guys revved up for movies? Does it feel like we're getting close there? <laughs> the answer is no it's a big no I, okay. for me chief because i haven't seen a single trailer i, I don't know again it's one of those things where like maybe i need to get into it but like i used to be able to it'd be like oh i'm waking up at 7 a.m or 8 a.m to do a trailer reaction and whatnot and i'm just like eh, none of these trailers are really like jumping out at me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think the new Kingsman one is pretty tight i'm excited for that movie i think i what I what upsets me, and I know this is going to happen, I don't think that the movie is going to be a huge hit because I think they lost a lot of people with the second movie. Um, but I think if you had just Kingsman the Secret Service, the first one, and then this one, I think you would see a lot more excitement for this one because all the mm-hmm. trailers have looked really cool. And I think just the second one has left a bad taste in people's mouth. Seth, I know that's the case for you. Yeah, I don't. I hate that movie. Um, <laughs> the, the the more more and more that movie gets brought up, I think like I, I started off at like that movie's fine, and it's just like a, every time I hear that movie, I hear Golden Circle, or I even think of, of is it Julianne Moore? Yeah, where she grinds yeah. up the meat. Oh, she is. I like her a lot as an actress. She is a terrible villain in that movie. She's um, just way too comical. Yeah, it's it's bad. And every time someone brings up that movie or anything, like I, it, it's like a meter. That's it's like someone like uh, takes like a release valve and just slowly lets it out, and it just goes down and down and down. I just, I'm to the point where I'm like, I despise that movie. Mm-hmm. I probably need to rewatch it because I'll be like, oh, it's not that bad. Um, but like I, I, it just it angers me, and I think that's another example of like. I, I was excited because I loved the first movie, and I'm like, this, I, I want more, and then it just sucked. What about you, Jared? Are you were you so down on the second one, or has it affected your level I, of excitement for the new? I one? think when I saw it, I thought it was good, and now the more and more, you know, again, I haven't gone out of my way to watch it again. And with Seth, with you guys just bringing it back up, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, there was a lot wrong with that movie. Where you know everyone has their own opinion. You know, some people might like it, but yeah, the whole Julianne Moore situation was just so goofy and weird. And then the other scene that I just remember, and I'm like, what is when he has to put his fingers in someone's snatch, and it's like oh, a yeah. close up of it. It was just so weird. Yep. Yeah, that was... Oh, that's nasty. That was... I remember even in the theater, because a lot of times you don't realize that things like that are strange until later, but I remember being in the theater... Yeah, like when you're sitting there and you have a boner. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) I remember sitting there thinking... Oh, this isn't this isn't like cool, right? This they shouldn't show this in a movie. Um, and I've I've almost never had that happen before. Where in the theater I was like, oh, uncool. I wouldn't have done this. Um, but it happened in that scene that you're referring to. And I like the movie. I'm I'm higher on it probably than either of you. Um, but I'm more of an apologist for it. But like Seth, are you are you able to look at the King's Man and see? Oh, there might be something cool here, or has your feelings of the second one truly tainted the series for you? Like, how is what's the effect showing now that the trailers are coming out? 
No, I, I've watched the the first one again, and I still enjoy it a lot. It's a it's a really good movie. It's just the second one, it just it it it, ugh, it got way too weird and silly and out there and like I don't know, like it, I just didn't like it. Second one sucks. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you're does that mean you're lowered expectations for this new one? Yeah, probably. I mean, I'm not excited for it. Like in in and I because I don't like I don't like prequels. So that already, mm-hmm. like, right there is is making me upset. Because I like Eggsy. Um, I liked, I think part of it, too, like, Sam Jackson, I think, should have been the, uh, a recurrent, like, an overall villain. Like, he got, mm-hmm. like, if they were going to continue it, I think he should have been, like, the main guy that they're going after. Like, he doesn't quite get him in the first movie, but still wins, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a big problem with the second one. It was too silly and weird and, and the whole, like... Then they yeah they kind of blew their load with with uh, with um, Colin Firth and like killing him in the first movie and then they brought him back in some stupid way in the second. It just felt like they didn't plan for more to happen mm-hmm. <laughs> with the first one. Anyway, um, yeah I don't so like I don't like prequels. Um, I, I you know that that time when movies take place in that time period I think it's like the forties right the new one. I can't tell if it's World War One or two. Do you know Jared? I don't know. It could be 1980 or 1860. Who knows? Yeah. Anyway, it's. I don't like. I, I don't like. I don't like that time period in terms of like. I like war movies that happened then, but I don't like other like. There's movies that just take place during that time, and I don't like that that much. Um, if it's like anything prior to like the 60s, I'm not a huge fan of. Um, if it's, if it's like everyday life or certain, like if, if just in general movies set in that time. So like that has it against me. I'm not a big fan of British stuff. So that's against it. It's it's, like I said, prequel. It's the Kingsman, which I'm not already super high on in general, other than the, you know, like I like the first movie a lot. So I don't know. It's for me, I'm not excited in the least bit, but I haven't watched the trailer. So, you know, it could be great. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty stoked for this one. I, I'm hoping that they're getting kind of back to their roots here a little bit and that they're going to tone down the goofiness. You can see it in the color palette of the of this new one. It, it, it's a lot more brown and gray and green than it is like reds and blues that you've seen in the, in the original two. So I think they're going to pull it back a little bit with the, the over-the-top goofiness, but who knows? But it'll be interesting to see how all three of us react because we're all in a little bit different camp right now. So um, certainly going to be interesting to see when uh, when the King's Man comes out later this year. Uh, With that, though, we got a bunch of stuff to review, so we better jump over and do that. And we're going to start, of course, with TV Corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right. Seth watched a couple shows this past week, and the first is one that we talked about last week that you were pretty pumped for, big Netflix Netflix release. Uh, Did it it live up to, to the hype for you, Seth? What what was the sound I made when I when I saw the the trailer for it? <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Uh, that that's how I felt about it. It was a fun time. It, that was a, it was a joyous time. Um, no, it, I mean it's 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 gonna be a short review because it's literally the same thing every episode. It's it's uh, a group of and I think they changed around a little bit in terms of the the type of the amount of people in it and like the teams and stuff. But basically, the general shows it's three teams. Uh, of three people, um, family members, coworkers, whatever, 
and they try and get across a, uh, across a room that's set up either like a kitchen or a study or uh, there's like a planetarium. Basically, it's like set up like that, but with like lava in it. And the lava is like water with some sort of, it's like a thicker consistency because when they get it on them, um, it's like it it makes stuff slippery um, it's not it's not semen i promise uh, <laughs> it's not orange semen um, but it's colored like like lava and stuff and then there's like uh, so there's like couches and stuff that they have to jump on and there's there's certain like um like levers and things like that they can pull that'll drop uh, stuff down into the lava that they can step on um and then you know they're timed so like the best time if there's a tie the time matters and stuff so it's like that it's like your wipeout type of show with with the floor being lava what's kind of funny though it's it's like super cheesy but funny is when if someone like so you can't get any body parts fully submerged so like if you got one of your legs that went in or actually no if you got two of your if both of your legs went in or if like your arms went in then you're out and so they make them you can tell like production makes them sink under and act like that's like, <laughs> act like they they got they burned up yeah and sometimes they'll like cheese it up like the first episode there's this family and they like go no Aaron no <laughs> they'll like freak out so like it's super cheesy and like schmulty and like they you know they 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 ham it up but it's fun it's 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 the definition of a mindless TV show mm-hmm. does it. Does it seem more like it's made for for a younger audience to watch today, or is it very clearly no. geared for a nostalgia for people who are grown to remember no, playing that game? I wouldn't even say it's geared toward nostalgia. It's it's just a general like wipeout, like a family, like a family could watch together and be like, oh, that's funny, you know, like that mm-hmm. type of thing. Sure, sure. I like shows like that, and going going all the way back to Most Extreme Elimination Challenge, which oh, I yeah. watched, um, which to me is the first one of this type of show that I remember. But of course, you know, Wipeout and um, uh, Ninja Warrior has exploded mm. in a big way, and Holy Moly has some sil- similar aspects. I know Seth, you yeah. like that one. Um, so yeah, big, big, uh, big obstacle courses. The floor is lava. Uh, available right now on Netflix. So pick that up if you're looking for something mindless and you want to giggle at some mediocre acting with a family pretending their son or daughter has been swallowed by molten lava. Um, sounds hilarious. Yeah, I was I was looking forward to it last week. Obviously, I didn't get to watch the whole thing, but the the first episode Seth is talking about where they ham it up. It is it is pretty funny because they're like, "I'm gonna sacrifice myself," and there's like, blub, 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 blub. yeah. <laughs> and they like add in yeah fire effects, and they yeah. kind of have the water explode every now and then because I think they have like yeah. little jets or yeah. some machines under the water working. You can tell yeah. that there's someone who's like job it is to like when someone jumps over a, a gap or something yep. they explode it so that yep. they, the person gets and you can tell they're probably in the back just going like <laughs> yeah the butt man <laughs> yeah it sounds like um it sounds like the the guys from uh the cabin in the woods how they're oh, how they yeah. release shit into the world it sounds kind of like that that's funny <laughs> Here comes a big tonal change, I imagine, <laughs> Seth, because you also caught a uh, documentary series uh, put out by the WWE, of all folks. Yeah. Um, and I know yep. it's something that you're pretty attached to, so tell us what you saw here. Yeah, allow me to, you know, I don't, I don't do this very often, but I'm going to nerd out about wrestling on the show. <laughs> um, hardcore. So yeah, it's, it's a documentary series that got, uh, I think it, it got some decent acclaim just in general, for, like critically, because it was super well done. It was a five-part like 
documentary series, something you'd see on Netflix or whatever. Really highly produced, a lot of interviews and stuff. Um, but it's about The Undertaker, um, who is a... I think a lot of... I think even the people who just know about wrestling probably know who he is because he's been around for 30 years. Uh, he debuted in 1990. <laughs> and um, then like at the end of this, so 2020, uh, he, he retired. Uh, so... But basically, the documentary is about his. Like they started it when he was, I think it was meant to be the end, like the last year of his his career, and it's pretty monumental because he is someone who like. So his gimmick is where he's he's dead, and he's a he initially was like a mortician, and and then he kind of you know it evolved to being just like an overall like mythical figure type like art you know like guy who can control the dead type you know like that. Like, it's just a, an undead being, like a mythical type guy. And it it's crazy because it lasted through, like, it started in the time where, like, that's what wrestling gimmicks were. It was, like, a mortician, a garbage man, a dentist, uh, you know, like, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And then it went into the time of, like, Stone Cold and The Rock where, you know, it's, like, more reality, you know, real people but turned up to a high degree. They always say turned up to 11. But he still existed in this time where he was still dead, and he had a whole group of people that he called the Ministry of Darkness, and they they were all his, like, they all had, like, powers and shit like that. Not all of them, but a lot of them did. Um, So, like, it just lasted, and then up until, you know, just recently, every time he'd come back, it all still worked. He shot lightning and, you know, and turned the lights out and all kinds of stuff. But it lasted all this time. Um, This character, though, they never, like... Anytime they do a documentary series or do any interviews, he would be left out. He would purposely be shot around because they wanted to protect this character and make, you know, make make him as real as possible. And I remember as a kid, like this guy, I was afraid of him because like mm-hmm. I thought he was going to like kill Stone Cold because he was a fucking he was a mythical being. Like I I was he, he like this this is a type of character like that just they made it purposely feel still so real. And so this last, I guess, five years now, they started initially for his last year, but the last, like, five years, they filmed the real guy. Like, they they went behind the scenes. They showed him as, you know, still doing this character and on TV every once in a while and stuff, but filmed his real guy. Mark Calloway is his name. Like, they filmed him. And so it was, like, in all the years, I've been a wrestling fan for 20 years, never once had even even seen a picture of him not be the undertaker and all of a sudden like real quick that changes and it's it was super as a fan of his for so long it was super duper interesting to see this um all the same time too this is happening at the end of his life he's like 55 now and so he just retired at 55 so this is from 50 on and he was having some of the worst matches not only of his career but ever like he was having some terrible matches and this is the guy who's the most respected wrestler probably ever like he he was like he's the locker room leader he was like they called him the judge because if there was stuff that happened in the back room he would he would decide on it like he would decide the ruling of things like if someone who was someone messed up so like just super respected all that stuff and he was having these terrible matches and so you're he's talking about his thoughts of what's going on in his head of like not wanting to disappoint his not ruin his legacy and not disappoint his fans and family and other locker room people so like he's talking about his mental state which again never talked about before and you're just seeing every step of that way and then his family 
um, talks on it about where their thoughts were of being like he's gonna die <laughs> because he's like out there having <laughs> so, like having these moments in the ring where he almost breaks his neck a couple times and like just getting hurt and stuff and so like the family's worried about him and and other wrestlers are talking about like you know we want to see this guy be that mythical guy one more time but we also don't want to see him die out there <laughs> you know so it's it's just like super inside and then again it ends with him retiring and stuff and and that hit me like super hard because i was like fuck i've my entire life i've you know my entire time knowing like watching this guy he's been a part of it he's had matches like he's he's always been there and i even had like a thought as a kid like oh he's gonna be around forever because he's he's undead (laughs) you know so like (laughs) even that just like that thought of like this guy, his whole character is being like he's he's dead, and now he has like he's mortal now. You know, like it's it's all. I know it sounds super like nerdy and like, but wrestling has been a part of my life forever, and so like this this hit me like super hard, um, and and I love it. I lo- I loved watching this. It was I was it was like the last dance where mm-hmm. I was every week. I was like I can't wait to watch this, and same thing here. It was super engrossing. I mean. There was a Ric Flair documentary and an Andrea the Giant documentary that came out uh, a couple years ago. And I think a lot of non-wrestling fans watched those and appreciated it. And this one's a little bit more to ask because it's like five episodes as opposed to a half-hour show or whatever. But it is extremely, extremely entertaining for one, but like engrossing. It's it's super good. Um, I loved loved it. And I definitely got emotional at the end because... I realized I wasn't going to get to see that guy ever again. <laughs> so it's, mm-hmm. it's, I don't know. It's, I loved it. And I love wrestling. <laughs> what a cool to have spent that long. And you've seen close to his whole career. He was on before mm-hmm. you were a fan by a couple of years, but from like 98 I, is when I started watching. And yeah, so he was around, he only took like a year break in that 30 years. He ever only took like a, a like a year extended break. And I remember being at school when a friend of mine, um, friend of ours, Brandon, who got me into wrestling, he he came to school. I remember being at the lockers, and he was like, "The Undertaker came back, and he was a different guy." And I remember that vividly, like oh, just man. that wrestling was such a like instrumental part in my childhood. And yeah, it's, it's still weird seeing like some of those guys quit, you know, and retire and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, I think about this a lot in sports too. Like I'm one of the really rewarding things that I'm feeling about getting to the age we're getting to is that we're able to see the entire career of some people and then, and then see them look back on it and, and getting to do that with the undertaker is so cool because it's so long. Mm -hmm. Um, and, but even, you know, you think about a Michael Jordan or like LeBron James will eventually retire and we'll have seen Mm -hmm. his entire career. Um, you know, I, I think that's really fascinating and rewarding to go back and watch that. I'm also a sucker for old guys looking back on their careers. It makes me cry 100% of the time. So this is one. And, and and I, I was a big wrestling fan. I still am a fan of wrestling. Um, but, um, was, was really into it for, for a long time when you and I were young. Um, Mm -hmm. and the undertaker was a really big part of that, especially the American badass version of the undertaker, which is awesome. (laughs) Um, See, but uh, this is something that I'm gonna I'm gonna try to track down and watch. It's on WWE Network, is that right? Yeah, yeah. And and what I'll also say too, like um, typically with wrestlers when they retire, they go out into the ring and do a big speech, and um, people come out and you know, like it's it's a big thing, like a huge thing that happens. And I always 
again, uh, like once I realized wrestling was fake when I was, you know, like 22, um, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I had the thought of, I was like, you know, when under, it's going to be so, because a lot of times too, when they retire, they go into the hall of fame the next year, like they do a whole ceremony and stuff. And I was like, that's, how was how that going to work? Because it, again, they always protected it and made, you know, made it under, you know, the guy who plays Undertaker off limits. How are they going to have him retire? Like, how is he going to announce his retirement? Are they going to do this thing in the ring? Like, how are they How are they going to do his Hall of Fame? This was the, per- like, without knowing it, this was the perfect way to do it. Of taking, like, pulling back that veil at the end. Like, he had his last match. He knew it. Pull that veil back at the end. Have him do it in this documentary. Not in the middle of the ring. In, in, you know, part of it was from, from COVID. Like, they probably would have done something if they could. But at the same time, like this was the perfect way to do it all, and it it again all just kind of like hit me at once. Like this is it's it's so weird. Almost thirty years later, you know, 20, I guess coming up on twenty. I guess I've been watching wrestling for like twenty years or so. But like twenty years later, it's like that's thinking. If I was you know eight years old, thinking back like undertaker one day is going to retire in this documentary while you're sitting here in a pandemic <laughs> like that would like it's just it's just weird it made me reflect on a lot of stuff but yeah i loved it this is cool i love this it, it must watch if you're a wrestling fan especially if you like taker you got to check this out it's the last ride available on wwe network you might be thinking wwe network i don't have that one they do uh typically they give out a free trial for 30 days so if you've never had it uh, www.network.com. Maybe we'll link to it in the description. Um, you can head there, get a free trial, watch The Undertaker. There's some oh. other really good stuff on WWE Network too, though. So if you're a fan, you might find that you actually like having that because there's a shitload of good content out there. Also, um, not Undertaker wrestling related, but I did mention The Last Dance. That's going to be on Netflix July 19th. Oh, oh shit. I would watch that back. I yeah. definitely would. Man, I'm gonna when I, when I uh, down the road when I uh, like years from now and if if that's still on Netflix or you know whatever our version of Netflix is then and I see that I'm going to remember specifically like that was during the pandemic because every single mm-hmm. Monday I would come home pour myself a nice vodka soda <laughs> and, <laughs> and get a nice buzz going and get like emotional over Michael Jordan every single week <laughs> like. Yeah. It's pretty, it really that is. That happened for like a two months. <laughs> it or, really uh, is yeah, fascinating. Like you, you know, and, and I think I probably always like laughed at old guys for, for doing what we're exactly doing right now. But mm-hmm. this whole like, you know, oh, getting to look at a, you know, at a person's career in its entirety. And, and it's rare, you know, in, in say movies and TV, for example, typically someone dies. There's not a lot of people that say like, I retire and I'm done. Um, but getting to do that while the person is still here to tell the whole story and get to look back on, it's really cool and rewarding. And you really only get it in sports um, and in WWE, of course. Um, and so for us, it's a really cool kind of different uh, type of content to look back on. So uh, again, last ride available on WWE Network. Go check that out. Uh, the Floor is Lava also available on Netflix right now. So go check those out. Two recommend- recommendations from Seth this week. In the TV corner. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. And now it's time for Raid That Pun. Two fish are in a tank. One says to the other, How do you drive this thing? 
725 thread count. Alrighty, let's switch out of the world of TV. Let's get into some movies. We're going to start with Seth doing some homework for We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. Alrighty, so Seth working from his homework list of the five movies recommended to him by me. What would you watch this week? I watched, uh, I just watched Dark Knight again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so this week I, um, you know, I, like I said, I'd spent a lot of time in Last of Us. Uh, it's a dark, dreary world. So you guys had talked a lot about, um, you know, a happier movie on my list. Um, Sing Street. I watched Sing Street. Ah. Yeah. Uh, um, so, because uh, I know, Cody, for sure, you love it, right? Oh, absolutely. It's one of my favorite movies. And Jared, you enjoy it, right? Yeah, I very much so. You very much so. Okay. So I will say that I think it may have been overhyped for me. Sure. Um, <laughs> that being said, I did enjoy it. I had a good time with it. Um, I think uh, the music is fantastic. And I think that's probably why you two love it so much. Mm-hmm. Is, I would say so. Is, is the music. And I, I, I did enjoy a lot of the music, and I will be definitely listening to the soundtrack because it's very good music. Um, I think the 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 and Jared, you had mentioned too the the accents and things like oh, that. Very were, difficult. Were difficult. I wasn't getting into the story. Like I wasn't super invested into it. It's a it's an easy story. I think for I mean, mm-hmm. there's some some rougher stuff in there, but it's it's like. It's not a lot of, it's not a super complex story. It's not, um, it's not, it, it, it seemed like I'd seen some of the stuff before in movies. So like, I wasn't, I was, ex- I think I was expecting something like mind blowing coming into it. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it seemed, you know, pretty, you know, like with, a, it seemed like a music, music, comma, drama. I don't know. Like it just seemed like a music movie. So again, I enjoyed it. I had a great time with it. It was fun, and the the kid was distracting with the kid from uh, Midsummer. Oh yeah, uh, I was like, "Ooh, that guy! Uh, he did some weird stuff in that movie." I don't know if I can fully <laughs> fully, fully disconnect that one. Um, but uh, you know, I, I the some of the accents were more almost upsetting me because <laughs> I'm like, just, like that's super like I couldn't understand half of the the dialogue um but again like I enjoyed the love story with the main guy and the girl I thought that was fun and cute and and was was probably my favorite part other than the music I liked the the kid who whose house they uh they all the the practice at and stuff I I, I mm-hmm. liked him a lot um see the one that plays every instrument yeah, yeah, yeah. He's funny. Yeah, that guy's cool. <laughs> I enjoyed <Yeah>. him. <laughs> um, and I liked the family, like the the whole the story with the family, like the mom and dad fighting and stuff, and and you know the family kind of coming together through music and things like that. I enjoyed it. Like it, it. I'm trying. I'm not saying like I didn't love. Like I just don't. I don't love it like you guys do, especially Cody. Like I enjoyed it, but like something like heart hearts beat loud is more my 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 uh-huh. my avenue. Like it, yeah. that's that that's a really that's more to me was a more emotional story, um, more grounded. Um, like it, it was more of a because like there's more almost like fantastical elements in Sing Street. Like he imagines things and um, you know it's got like daydreaming type stuff in it. 
and like the hearts beat loud loud those are more the type of music movies are my taste where it's like it's based around like the music is more of the like the, the i don't know the story is more of a real grounded story about about like the about the world we currently live in with music like they're using music for either to get fame or to connect or whatever whereas like this felt kind of just like more of a almost cartoony sometimes mm-hmm. you know it is kind so. of a fantasy that and that's that's part of what i like what i what i am drawn to about it is and i think i caught it at a time where i needed an escape um mm-hmm. and so if you're looking for something that's like an escapism type thing this really is it you draw an interesting comparison that i don't know how i hadn't yet but uh with hearts beat loud and one of the interesting things I think that's different is that um, the the kids in Sing Street aren't actors, with exception to the girl and the older brother. Uh, the rest of them like aren't professional actors. I guess this the guy who made this movie, uh, Carney John Carney, I think might be his name. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did Begin Again, uh, which has Mark Ruffalo and Kira Knightley. I want to say in it. And um, apparently his experience with that movie made him go, I'm not working with Hollywood actors anymore. And so (laughs) since then, he's been working with more amateurs. And so all these kids were like really amateur actors at the time. I'm wondering how much of that might have affected it because there's certainly better acting in something like A Heart's Beat Loud. But Mm -hmm. um, so a couple things, uh, a couple things related to the cast too. Did you recognize the girl as the wife of... Uh, Freddie Mercury in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I was during the movie. I, I, I pulled her up. Yeah, she's great. She's, great. I like mm-hmm. her a lot. And then Jack Rayner, who's the older brother. Um, not only is he in Midsummer, but uh, and I know this isn't a movie set that you saw, but um, Transformers: Age of Extinction. The Mark oh Wahlberg yeah, one. yeah. He's he's he is the he, he's the boyfriend of Mark Wahlberg's daughter and has this whole thing in it about how it's legal for him to date the daughter even though she's under 18 and he's over 18. They make a whole thing of it, of him like telling Mark Wahlberg how legal it is and how okay it should be and how cool he should be with it. And mm-hmm. so when I saw him in that and when I realized it was the same guy, I was like, oh, this is the, the statutory rape guy from, uh, <laughs> from, from Age of Extinction. But he is truly an excellent actor. I've seen him in a couple yeah. of other things besides Midsummer, and he's fantastic. And I love him God. in this. He's a great older brother. I think this is as much where Hearts Beat Loud is maybe about parents and kids. This one's true. I think at its core about brothers, and yeah. that was the stuff that stuck with me the most was the brother to brother stuff, and he was really good. Yeah, and and see like that. Um, I don't have a brother, <laughs> so yeah. like, I mean, I guess you know, like I would I would consider you as like as close to me like a, like a brother would, but. Um, I don't, I didn't grow up like that, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, yeah. It's not to say I didn't like it. I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it. I had, I had a great time with it. Um, but yeah, like Heartsbeat Loud is a movie. I still like, since I watched it, I still think about it like quite often. Like I, I loved that movie. Like that's, it, it's not my favorite movie. It's definitely the, my favorite movie I've seen this year by far, mm-hmm. by, by like a lot. Um, but it's obviously didn't come out this year, so I can't put it on my list, but I don't know. Um, yeah, it just, diff, just different types of, you know, music movies. I, I still liked it a lot, uh, but it's it's not a movie that, you know, I'd ever, like, seek out to go watch again. I'm going to watch Hearts Beat Loud again someday. Mm-hmm. But Sing Street is maybe not one. Like, if it's on and someone's watching, be like, yeah, that's, you know, I enjoyed it. Let's watch it. But 
you know, it's it's not at the top of my list. So again, enjoyed it a lot. Not to say I didn't. It sounded like I didn't, but I did. Um, but but uh, it, you know, not not quite up to like one of my favorite movies. Like Cody has that as. Yeah, I can understand that. It would be very hard for you to like it as much as I did. Um, yeah. I'm I I consider it a win because you have found your way to the soundtrack now, and you you it's going to be very rewarding that you now yeah. have the soundtrack in your library and with context. It's one thing to just hear the songs, but mm-hmm. to have them in context, I think, is big. Um, so Sing Street is available. Where did you catch it? Is it still on Netflix? I rented it. You rented it. Okay. So you you're not, you might have to pay, but if you want to catch up on uh, Sing Street, track that one down. And uh, yeah, maybe consider putting the subtitles on if you're struggling with the accents, because um, they are tough. I, I won't lie about that. Um, I've got a replacement for you in mind. Um, oh, forgot about that. And I, th- I know this is a movie Jared saw. And I'll be really interested. This isn't one that I'm going to say, like, you will like this movie. I'm really curious to see what you think of this movie. Um, because for me, it was a pleasant surprise. And I think Jared liked it. Um, this is from 2018, I think, um, Overlord. Do you remember this? Oh, yeah. I never saw it. No. Yeah. Jared, did you catch Overlord? Oh, yeah, man. This movie's awesome. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is one that is fun, I think. Yes. Like, go, in, go in knowing that this is going to be fun to watch. It's it's pretty gritty, kind of dark, but it's not going to, like, depress you or anything like that. But this is one, like, have yourself a last dance vodka soda and enjoy this one because it's a blast. It really – I had a – it was a huge surprise to me when I saw it. And this was one that um, I think for a bit was rumored to be a part of the uh, – Cloverfield, Cloverfield series yeah. and, it, and they yeah. decided no it's not and I think it's better for it yeah I mean you can you can see uh, uh, there's pieces that you you can see the connection if they were to uh, lean into it but yeah uh, Cody you are 100% right this is a fun just have a couple drinks and enjoy it for what it is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a, a really good candidate if you find yourself alone in the house crank up the sound and uh, and pull oh, the curtains man. in and, and really get a theatrical experience in there because it shit is loud and it's very cool. Um, but it's just a fun. It's just a really cool movie. You're, I, I think you'll dig it, but I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on it. It's been a couple years since oh, I've seen you. it. Dig it. Dig it. So Sing Street is in the bag, but Overlord. You just made the list. And that means that it is my turn. Ah. <gasps> uh, so next week, I will be checking out one of the following five movies uh, for this segment. We've got Waves, Richard Jewell, The Front Runner, Dogma, and The Fighter. Uh, noticeably absent is Toy Story 3, which I watched uh, <laughs> last time it was my turn. So I've got some really great candidates I'm excited to check out, and I'll be back with a review of one of those five movies next week in We Missed the Boat. Oh, I'm on a boat, and You're going to need a bigger boat. Alrighty, let's move to some, uh, not all of these are going to be brand new movies, um, but some movies that are hot, fresh reviews straight out of the oven. Let's jump into it. Mom, what do you think? I love it. <laughs> I hated it. All right, we've got six movies in here. It's a pretty interesting mix, um, but it looks like most of these are ones, Jared, that you saw. So why don't we start with one of yours? Um, and I'll let you pick. You've got, I think you've got three on the list here. You pick which one you want to do first. All right, let's go with um, the Netflix movie Wasp Network. And can I get the 10-second counter? <laughs> yes, let's do it. Um, right. Here we go. 
This is the intro to the next segment, and the intro is just as long as the segment itself. Here comes a 10-second movie review. All right, here's your your sounder. All right, so this is a Netflix movie. It's Cuban spies go to the U.S., which are spies in Cuba, which no one really knows if they're spies or not. This movie has Ana de Armas, Penelope Cruz, and it's not good. (laughs) There we go. Wow, an excellent... Excellent 10 second review. Man, 10 there. seconds is not as long as I thought. Dude, no, dude, that's that stupid ass outro. <laughs> I had to go find this one in the files. Here we go. <laughs> this is the outro from the last segment, and the outro is just as long as the segment itself. That was a 10 second movie review. God. Yes. Oh my God, that's, those are so dumb. <laughs> I'm actually really proud of those. I think they're fun. <laughs> Oh, man. I still remember when (laughs) I think we were, like, going to go out or something. And you're like, hold on a second. I got to record this. (laughs) I like how you have an intro and outro separate. Yeah. Yeah. uh, I was really stoked on the I thought I thought this was going to be like a third of all of our movie reviews were going to be 10 seconds. I thought it was going to be a much bigger thing than it ended up being. Um, and I still like it, but it, we just don't use it as often. So I'm so glad. Oh, probably, Jared, you're the only person probably that knows enough about the show to know that that was an option for us to go to. <laughs> so I am super, super glad. That was really rewarding. Yeah, it's for me. it's been a while since you've guys since you've done one of those. Yeah, man, we got to do more of those. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was good. Um, I will, uh, I'll do a review next. It's not going to be quite as quick as 10 seconds, but um, I watched the brand new uh, Net- Netflix special uh, by <laughs> Eric Andre, uh, who's a stand-up comic, and uh, he had his own show on Comedy Central for a while there. Um, the special is called Legalize Everything, and I think uh, what was interested about interesting about this is I kind of jumped in without a lot of exposure to Eric Andre. I've seen a little bit of his work, and frankly, I've never honestly liked his work very much, but I was like, fuck it, I'll try the stand-up, let's see what he's got. And here's what I'll tell you, if, if you like Eric Andre, you will like this special. Um, it's very much him, there's a lot of physicality to his comedy, there's a lot of really uh, absurd parts to his comedy, um, and there's a lot of like unintelligible like screaming and yelling. So it's like a specific, it's a specific target demo. And the most basic way for me to put it is if you already know you like Eric Andre, I think you'll enjoy this special. If you don't like Eric Andre, or if you're not familiar with him, I would suggest getting familiar with him at least, watch some YouTube videos so that you know what you're getting into. Um, I had a little bit of an idea, and so uh, I was able to enjoy it. I laughed hard at a few moments. Others fell pretty flat for me. But um, that, that's going to be the highlight here is, is if, you, if you know you already like Eric Andre, watch this ASAP. If not, find a way to do some research and understand what you're getting into first, and, and you'll enjoy it. But if you go in completely blind without knowing who this guy is, I think it's going to be really off-putting for you and really shocking. And it, the, the last thing he does in this special is very funny, but it's also incredibly shocking and absurd and kind of gross and very Eric Andre. So like the last five seconds of this special are quintessential Eric Andre. So again, if you like him, go find this. It's called uh, Legalize Everything and it's available on Netflix now. Yeah, I don't want to watch it. I don't like him. I don't think he's very funny. Yeah, um, I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't recommend it to you, Seth, because I know, I know you're not a fan of his. 
Although that movie that he has coming out where it's like Bad Trip. Yeah, I kind of th- is that out yet? No, um, it was supposed to be shown or premiere at South by Southwest, and I don't know if they're still looking for a theatrical or might just throw it on streaming. Okay, I thought that actually kind of looked funny, um, some of that stuff, but yeah, no, uh, his show is not for me. The only (laughs) clip that I like and know of is the one where he shoots Hannibal Burris, and he's like, why would you do that? Yeah, <laughs> that's that's a classic meme. There have been some really yeah. good memes, but yeah, other than other than some memes, his show is strange as fuck. It's like the whole point of his show is to be so awkward that the guests don't know what to kind of like between two ferns, except way more absurd. Um, so he's got a specific, he's got a skinny, I think, like fan base, but they're really passionate, and and you can kind of see that in the crowd. Um, that's there watching him for the special. So it's, like I said, not for everybody, but some folks will really enjoy it. Um, let's see here. Jared, let's go back to you uh, for a second one uh, out of your three. A couple, right. couple, I think these are both Netflix ones. Which one are you going to go with first? Yep, yep. Um, so this is another Netflix movie. This one dropped on the platform on today, what, the 24th or whatever. Um, not to freak you guys out, we record these prior to the day they come out um but this movie is called nobody knows i'm here which hits me on just a totally different level um because no one does know that i'm here um, <laughs> but but this movie um it, it, it caught me by a surprise i mean this is kind of a you know it, it's a spanish movie so yes there's dubbing you know you're gonna have to worry about that actually i think they filmed it in chile or something like that i don't know but the dubbing was spanish um subtitles you know all that stuff but it it is kind of uh it opens up with this guy that's kind of living on this secluded island with his uncle but there's a town close by they kind of run like a textile you know they tan um hides of wool and other people come to their island they drop off stuff you know whatever um but he kind of is like a recluse you don't really know what's going on but he, you you can tell that there's images and kind of dreams that he has that he's haunted by something in his past and it kind of comes through a flashback slash dream sequence of him as a child and he has a great voice and his dad takes him in and he's going to be a singer he's going to essentially be famous and everything but they say that he is not star material so the guy is going to find a body for him so essentially the person he he sings the songs and then the person is the face they lip sync they got all of the credit they got the fame they have book deals everything like that and he was just completely left out of everything even though he was the talent so imagine having that happen to you as like a 10 to 14 year old and then you are just nobody and have to watch this guy ride on your success through life. Um, So that's kind of the setup of the story. And then through him potentially, you know, running into some other people, him kind of, because he's hiding this identity, he doesn't want to be known, or maybe there was a contract, you know, they didn't really go into it of him signing something and he can't legally say who he is. But then as the story plays out, you know, more and more people kind of figure out who he is, uh, more things from his past come up. It is very, I would say that the cinematography, and I don't want to be like, eh, the cinematography, but there is a lot of gorgeous, like, overhead and eerie kind of forest shots that symbolize how he is this lonely, depressed, kind of 
person that's just drifting through life right now. Like, it was so weird how they filmed things to symbolize how this character was feeling. And the main character is um, Jorge Garcia, I believe. He played Hurley on Lost. And he is very, like, subdued. He doesn't have too many lines, but he does what this character... He portrays this character so well of you think that he's maybe a little off... He is he all there? Is he not? He's kind of a gentle giant, but then at the drop of a pin, where someone says something or someone maybe like like uh, I don't know, points at something on the TV, and he just like flips a coffee table. So it's kind of this. You you can tell that he's very much hiding this. You know, years and years of uh, not getting fame, just like hatred essentially. Um, and it leads into a very end that I thought was. It, it's revealing because you thought that, you know, the beginning of him getting this music career essentially taken from him, there's a lot more that falls into place through this of, you know, kind of flashbacks, news stories, footage of kind of almost TV and documentary type stuff that reveals at the end and he kind of does confront the man or the guy that, you know, essentially took all the fame in the poster child. And the other thing that I know, Seth, you've mentioned it in like Teen Spirit or other movies where you want the music to really relate to the character. When mm-hmm. he sings the song, Nobody Knows I'm Here, it, you can feel how he feels. You can know what he, like, you just through the song, it, you can tell what this guy has gone through, how he feels, how he feels towards the other person. And then it's kind of like a mic drop situation where, oh, you know, he was actually the talent. So it it was a very nice surprise for Netflix. I mean, it's a quick, like, I think it's a little less than 90 minutes because, you know, there's credits. I think it was about an hour and 20-ish. So it's a quick watch, and I really thought that it had, you know, like these artsy, indie-type feel. You know, it's a great story. And then the music, um, I mean, it is only one song that they kind of really fully go into, but I thought that it landed and worked very well in this film. Man. This sounds fascinating. The setup is so intriguing to me, and especially to hear that it's short. Um, this might be one that I track down, especially since the cinematography is so good. Guys, it's oh, all the my cin- top movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's yes, yes, top movies of the year. Um, I know, Kyle's no, no, I was uh, again. I t- I turned this on. I didn't expect much of anything. I'm like, ah, should I review it or not? And about 20 minutes in, I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to talk about this movie. Yeah. This is cool. This is uh, Nobody Knows I'm Here, and it's available on Netflix now. This, this is interesting. I, I can't see a Rotten Tomatoes score quite yet. Um, but, I'm pretty sure um, I was like one of the first people to review it. <laughs> yeah, you probably are. Um, but on IMDb, uh, it's a 6.6, which is a solid score on, on IMDb. So, um, yeah, Nobody Knows I'm Here. Put the subtitles on and check that one out on Netflix right now. Seth. You watched what? it, didn't you? What'd you? What did you see? You got something to review for us? No, fuck you. Do you have something to share <laughs> with the class? <laughs> no, I don't. You can suck a big one. Oh, okay. Ooh. By big one, I mean lollipop. Mmm. Lollipop, lollipop. Ooh, um, yeah. Yeah, lollipop, I watched a movie. Lollipop. What of it? Ding, <laughs> <laughs> All right. I watched a, a, a movie uh, that came out on VOD which means video on demand for you nitwits. Um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, cost, cost $6.99, and for you people who are poor, 
you know, I had to pay good money for it. So, uh, you know, people can't afford things like me. <laughs> I don't know why I got so aggressive all of a sudden. Um, it's a movie on VOD. Uh, it's another foreign movie, which I don't even know, like, going into any of these movies that I've seen, if they're made in America or not. Uh, that's how, that, that's how like, how, like, there's been no new movies that I want to see. It's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to throw in this movie that's from, like, this one's from, um, from Australia. Um, hey, mate. Yeah. Exactly. There's a bunch of koalas and didgeridoos in it. Oh, kangaroo um, jack, eh? <laughs> uh, no, this is, this is called Baby Teeth. Um, it's, uh, it stars Eliza Scanlon, who was in, she was Beth in Little Women, if you saw that movie. Uh, she was in, uh, uh, Sharper Objects? Is that what it was called? Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects. Um, the one with Amy Adams, um, that I really like, that, that HBO, um, miniseries, a limited series, um, that I really like. She played the little sister in that. Um, but yeah, uh, Baby Teeth, basically... (laughs) This girl, Eliza Scanlon, also has um, the, only, the only other actor that I knew was Ben Mendelsohn. He played uh, her father. Um, but uh, so this Eliza Scanlon, she I've seen her in now three things. So Sharp sharp Objects, Little Women, and this. And each of these movies, every single one, she plays someone who is uh, very ill, like very sick. Oh, no. Um, so I, I don't know if she's just typecast as a sick person, but like <laughs> – I, it's just so sick? weird because when do you I mean like went physically? In, it, you mean physically sick or mentally? Or yeah, both? yeah, physically like has some sort of disease, like an illness, like is huh. dying. Um, it's it's so weird. I I, I don't because like even a little woman, I'm like, really? Like she played someone who was super sick in in Sharp Objects, and I'm like, is that why she was cast? Like, <laughs> and then in this one, like it starts off and she seems normal, and then boom. She's got fucking cancer. So it's like, what is going on? I don't understand this. Um, but she's a great actress. She she actually, I mean, she's super good. Um, I don't know what, like, Australia has 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 a propensity for great actresses, I guess. Uh, blonde, blue, uh, blonde, blue-eyed actresses. Like, her, Margot Robbie, uh, 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 Samara Weaving. Like, it's, I don't know what it is. Um, but they, they, Nicole Kidman, they know how to do it over. Nicole Kidman's redhead, I guess, isn't she? I don't know. She might naturally be blonde. I've, when I found yeah. out Emma Stone wasn't a natural redhead, that freaked me out. So I, I don't know. I don't know what, what's so, going to happen with Nicole Kidman. You just don't do it no more. Um, great actresses, though. Um, but, yeah, the, basically the story here is um, uh, Liza Scanlon plays Mila. She is sick. She's a teenager, sick, um, and meets a, a guy who is definitely not someone who, like, she should be dating. Like, he's, he's, a, he's a drug dealer. He steals from, from her and her family. Um, but for whatever reason, they have this connection. Um, there's also a little bit of music in this. Uh, she, uh, uh, Mila is, is she involved with like piano and playing instruments, things like that. So there's some music elements in there as well. But mostly the, the story center centers around her being sick, um, her in this relationship with um, the, this guy who she, who she probably shouldn't be with. Um, and it's it's got it's it's an interesting. The way they frame it all is really interesting. It, um, it'll, cause it's it's labeled as like a comedy drama, and I don't think it was particularly that funny, but it's kind of quirky in some moments where it's like, it's got it'll have like a a late, like it'll it start with like a shot of of like a building or something, and it'll say like, kind of have like a subtitle of like what 
the scene is going to be about. Like, Mila meets um, the guy, uh, Moses, um, is is the guy that she is interested in. So it'll be like, Mila meets Moses, and, like, I'll have that. And then it'll have, like, love. It'll just say love, or it'll say um, sick, or, you know, stuff like that. It'll, like, each kind of part, each, not scene necessarily, but, like, it's not even act, because it does this a bunch of times, but, like, each section we're getting into, it, like, kind of labels it up front. So kind of got, like, that, got, like, that little bit of a quirkiness and, and like, there's a couple times where Eliza Scanlon, like, looks right into the camera and, like, will talk a little bit, too, sometimes. So it's got, like, that, got, like, a like a weirdness to it. But I did think the movie was, was interesting and well done and well acted. Um, it's, again, kind of like what I was saying on Sanctuary. It's, it, I've seen this kind of story before, like, girls dying. uh <laughs> And and uh, she's falling in love at the same time. Like they've done. There's a few movies that have come out that have that have done this. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like anything new here. But well acted. Well, I thought like the cinematography was pretty cool um, at times with the way they set things up. Um, music was good. Uh, just not mind blowing. So I would say this is probably another one. It's like I wouldn't rent it, um, but I would. You know, if it's on HBO or. Netflix or Amazon, whatever, definitely worth checking out. It's a, it's a good movie. Um, even too with like uh, Sing Street, with the uh, this being um, with having some heavy accents, some things were hard to understand. Not as bad as Sing Street with some of the characters, but um, with accents, but still sometimes where it's like might need subtitles. But mm-hmm. no, uh, definitely uh, worth checking out. And Eliza Scanlon is going to continue to do a lot of great things because she is fantastic actress, still super young. Um, and she's done some some pretty big roles now, and, and it's cool to see her lead a movie now because the other stuff she's done, it's been very supporting. Um, but this one, she's leading it. This is her movie, and she does a good job. My favorite part of your review was um, <laughs> you saying, I see girls die all the fucking time. <laughs> 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 but um, the, <laughs> this Eliza Scanlon, if you, if you like her, and it sounds like you do, um, it sounds like her next um, her next feature is another Netflix movie, uh, or a Netflix movie called The Devil All the Time. Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson also in the cast of that one. Um, so certainly some some acting power behind that one. So we'll have to see what Miss Scanlon does next. Um, so that is Baby Teeth, available on VOD for your rental enjoyment right now. Um, I'm going to give a quick uh, review slash recommendation for... Uh, I Am Not Your Negro, which is a movie based around and and pretty much exclusively uh, using uh, the writings and speeches of James Baldwin, who, if you don't know, is a super popular black um, poet and writer from, um, especially from like the 60s, I think. I think it was maybe peaking like so during the during the civil rights movement everybody knows about Malcolm and Martin and James Baldwin was kind of a third um, who had a different approach to the civil rights movement than than uh, Martin and Malcolm each did but he gives um, the movie's not done by Baldwin because he passed away uh, he passed away when he was writing a book and this movie is based around the notes he had while he was prepping to write that book. So it's not a, it's not a fictional narrative. It's just basically a, a reading and a, um, 
dramatic showing of his speeches and his writings. Um, it's narrated by Sam Jackson, who reads a lot of, of Baldwin's poetry. And it really, you know, for an hour 40 or so, it's just, especially right now, if you're looking for something to watch related to BLM, this is a really great just 100 minutes worth of just like solid poetry and rhetoric and thoughts and discussion around civil rights. And it's fascinating to see what has changed and what hasn't since Baldwin's day and um, get to know him a little bit and his thinking and his writing. Um, James Baldwin, if, if you aren't, um, you, may, you may recognize the name because he wrote uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, which, which the movie mm. uh, came out last couple years, uh, as well as several other popular plays and, and books that have turned into um, you know, movies later on. So uh, if you're not familiar with Baldwin, this is a great introduction to him. You get, you get exposed to a lot of his writing. If you're looking for something to watch related to BLM, like I said, this is free on Amazon right now, um, just like we've seen with Just Mercy and The Hate You Give similarly. Um, so if you're looking for something like this to watch, head over to Amazon Prime. I Am Not Your Negro. High recommend from me. I had a great time watching this. Um, just a real real good to get the kind of the thinking going. Um, and especially right now, it's important that we all do that. So check that one out. Um, again, not not a fictional narrative or anything, so I, I don't have much to say about how it was made, but it is it is effective. Um, and and again, we'll, we'll make a hard skidding stop here to transition to this last movie. Um, this is a this is a movie that Jared has seen in advance uh, that's going to be releasing later this week on Netflix. And and it's one that when I saw this and who was in it and what it's about, I thought, man, there's a pretty good chance this sucks. But I have high hopes. <laughs> I hope it's good, but I, I, I haven't had a lot of confidence based on what I've seen so far. So let me know, Jared, was I right or wrong um, with this, this new one that's about to come out? All right, so this new net, uh, this uh, this new review, new movie, blah blah blah. I don't know what I'm saying. Um, this is coming out Friday on Netflix, uh, the what 26th, and it is called Euro Song Contest: The Saga or The Story of Fire Saga. Very long title, but it's basically a parody version poking fun at the Eurovision Song Contest that happens every single year. It's starring um, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. And if I had to say or compare this to anything, I would say that this is Blades of Glory mixed with Pitch Perfect. It's kind of like <laughs> taking this serious thing but throwing in a faux look with some kind of goofy characters, country, songs, costumes, everything that is over the top, you know, in uh, the Pitch, per Pitch Perfect movies, but also in the Eurovision actual, like, I don't know if you guys are aware of it, but yeah, it's like pretty over the top uh, theatricals and everything like that. Um I thought that this movie was fun, goofy. Like I said, I, I I compared it to those two and was like, you know, if you're any fan of those two films, somehow com combined together, you'll find some fun stuff into this in this movie. I don't think Will Ferrell was um, as good as I don't know. He hasn't been great in a while. I would say in in this kind of role that he's playing, you know, he had his run of Blades of Glory, Step Brothers stuff like, or not Step Brothers? Yeah, was it Step Brothers? Yeah, he's great in stuff. I just wow, I just had a 
I, wow. Okay. Anchorman, fart. Anchorman yeah, Ricky duh. Bobby. That was kind of his prime, that five yeah. or so year stretch. Yep, yep. Um, but Rachel McAdams, I think, is the one that really stands out. She has kind of a, a storyline that plays out fairly well. Um, Dan Stevens is in there as, um, I think he's like the Russian singer, and he is, he is, he, uh, very much like takes his role per- perfectly he sings he's ridiculous it's over the top um the music is probably the best part but i just feel like they could have you know maybe leaned into that a little bit more again it's it's a musical movie but there's songs like you know volcano man that they've kind of released that is very fun um one of the songs is <laughs> i'm cooling with the homies and <laughs> I instantly thought of you guys when when they were playing that song. <laughs> How me? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I had to laugh. And again, I, I would say that I'm probably a little higher on this movie than other people will be because when I watched it, I was in a very good mood and everything like that. Um, it's weird. There's some weird cutaways in this movie. It's it's a weird style where, you know, they, they have, they're from Iceland. They have these Icelandic accents and there's some weird things that happen there with cutaways like i said um if they would have leaned if they would have went over the top i i I think that they only committed a little bit if they would have gone over the top even gone more ridiculous with the songs the outfits the costumes the choreography the weird cutaways i think it would have fit the style perfectly but since they didn't some of the stuff is like oh this is kind of a serious plot point but then it goes into this really almost slapsticky goofy type situation um it does have some fun stuff like i said some of the some of the music is really fun um there's one specific scene where they're kind of at a party and they're doing you know the sing off type thing that i thought was probably one of the standouts of the film but it does i, I some people will find a lot of not great things about this movie. It I wouldn't say that it's really that funny. It's more kind of just enjoyable, turn your brain off, enjoy it for what it is. Um but yeah, yeah, it it, it does have some fun stuff. I mean, you know, not chop out some of the stuff you know some weird plot points uh, or subplots and whatnot and i think you have a pretty good movie but netflix you know this is coming out i I think it's solid for that platform i don't know if uh if it was a theatrical movie i don't know about that which i need to get off that whole comparison of oh oh, it's a streaming movie so it's fine you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah is this one was this was never this was always a netflix movie right this was never bound for theaters i don't recall nope this was yeah this was always a netflix movie and the thing is it's so funny because well they they were going to release it aside um the actual eurovision the 2021 but i think it got postponed so they were like eh, we'll just throw it out there Mm -hmm. and um I mean, the first, I didn't even hear about this until like two or three weeks ago, but then again, Netflix is pretty secretive about that stuff where it's just like, boom, this movie tomorrow, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 This is interesting. It's funny that you say, it is not what I expected to hear you say that Rachel McAdams was, um, was really great where, um, Will Ferrell kind of wasn't because what I, what I kind of expected to hear was that Will Ferrell would kind of take over the screen and, and Rachel McAdams would kind of be relegated to, to more, more. Uh, of a small role on the side, but mm. her in, we saw her a couple years ago in Game Night, um, and uh, I'm 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 struggling to come up with another example of her in a comedy. But in Game Night, she's excellent and hilarious. Mm-hmm. So she's mm-hmm. she's getting to flex a little bit more of her comedy muscles here, and it's effective. You're saying, 
Yeah, and the thing is, the characters, they are kind of, like, set up like that, like you had mentioned, where the Will Ferrell character is kind of bigger, you know, kind of trying to take the spotlight and be in charge, where she kind of just sits on the side because kind of happy with, you know, where they're... Because, surprise, they're not good, so they shouldn't be there. Um, <laughs> so she's kind of just happy for it, and he's trying to go over the top, but she kind of has a little, you know, he's trying to go for fame, and she's trying to go for something else, and I kind of thought that her plot line played out a little bit better than his mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. interesting so this is eurovision song contest the story of fire saga do i have that right yeah yeah it's a very uh very long title what a shit title that's i get it yeah. i get why but jesus um <laughs> will ferrell rachel mcadams this drops on netflix this friday uh that's june 26th for those who might be in the in the apocalyptic future um on June 26th of 2020, uh, Eurovision Song, Qu- Song Quest, <laughs> the story of Fire Saga released, and that's what started the apocalypse, maybe. Um, so if you found us on a flash drive that you found covered in dirt, uh, just know that that's what was happening in 2020. So uh, that, in addition to everything else that we just reviewed, is available one way or another on streaming now. Uh, so check out all six of these movies, or I guess we didn't really... Uh, recommend all of them but um check out some of these six movies that were the subject of this week's reviews mom what do you think i love it i hated it all right folks with reviews behind us we're just about to the end of our show but before we go we got to give you one more thing but i'm down to one more, one more thing so i'm going to shout out surprise uh, a youtube channel and uh this is something i do a lot and this is a channel that I've I've watched on and off for the better part of a decade, and I've I recently have found my way back to it, and and I've found it to be very rewarding. So this is uh, Philip DeFranco on YouTube, who's an incredibly popular YouTuber. He doesn't need my shouts out. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of him or seen his videos, um, but he essentially does a daily um, and his schedule changes often, but it, it's close to daily uh, five days a week news show. And his goal primarily is to be pretty down the middle with his news, uh, which, which is ever rarer these days. Um, but his model is he'll give the facts of the story just as they are, and he will give his own opinion. But then he makes a, a point, a major point to ask, you know, what are your opinions? And then he tries to engage in the comments quite a bit. He is one of the most successful YouTubers that I'm aware of. And it's been really interesting to watch his career over, like I said, it's, it's been close to 10 years that I've been watching him. And um, I just think he really does a good job with the news, especially lately, you know, with Trump in the news, with the, the protest, with COVID. It's really important that you get facts um, rather than just turning on a CNN or a Fox News and getting opinions. And I think DeFranco does a great job of that. So if you're looking for news that's um, easily digestible, it's quick, typically 20 to 25 minutes, um, and, and it's... I think more honest than you're going to find in a lot of other places. Uh, Philip DeFranco on YouTube. I'll, I'll link to the channel um, in the description. So check him out. Um, for my one more thing, I guess it's just something coming up is, um, Seth, you kind of mentioned it earlier. You are coming and visiting this weekend, and we are going to attempt to do a f- proper shot ones episode over on J Buck Studios my Patreon um it's an idea that you've kind of thought up a like almost a spin-off 
uh, even though we're not associated with them up hot ones. <laughs> <laughs> I think rip. I think rip is the word you were looking for. Jim. Yes, yes. <laughs> Spinoff sounded much more uh, professional. Yeah, um, uh, rip off is more like. It. Yeah, rip off of uh, hot ones. So it's shot ones, and yeah, I don't know. I'm curious what kind of uh, ideas and plans he has set up. But I ordered yeah. another camera, so we'll have a couple angles and. I don't know. Should be a fun time. And if anything yeah. it fails, we drink a bunch of really bad alcohol and yep. sit around a fire or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh I'm excited. I have a lot of ideas, uh a, a lot of things that you're that you will personally have to probably execute uh <laughs> editing. <laughs> but uh you know, I that that's that's my gig. I'm the idea man. Yeah. Everyone else does the the actual work behind it. I was so gonna well, say, that sounds yeah, fucking because... that sounds familiar. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just uh, give me the ideas and it's gonna flow. And the thing is, right now, I think we're gonna we're gonna put it on Patreon. But if we're really happy with it, I don't know. We might throw it out there just to tease, and then like the future ones will be over there. Who who knows? You it's uh, gonna be fun. It, I, I'm sure. I'm really jealous that I again am not able to participate soon. I hope to be on an episode of Shot Ones. Um, but uh, check out Jared's Patreon. Head over to that. Become a Patreon. It. Uh, even independently of being a friend of Jared's, it's one of the actual worthwhile Patreons to be a part of. Uh, lots of exclusive things, podcasts uh, with Seth and I on it, actually. Um, yeah, you'll, like hear, you'll hear a fun exclusive story of people eating a certain kind of pizza and getting sick. Yes, that is a great tease uh, for the most recent episode <laughs> that we did. So if you're new to Jared's Patreon, make sure you go check that out. Uh, and of course, keep an eye out for Shot Ones coming soon. I was able to get an advanced copy of some of the audio from Shot Ones. So here's a preview of Seth and Jared uh, on an upcoming episode of Shot Ones. Please, show me your dick! (laughs) (laughs) There you go. So all all that and more. All that and more coming up very soon. You're going to want to check that one out. Seth, what do you got for us? Round us out here. Um, I don't really have anything. Um, oh, you know, okay. I guess I, combined with with the Jareds, I did though. Um, you mentioned pizza, Jared. Um, I I guess this is one thing that that I'm 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 gonna try, but I kind of want your opinion. Have you guys heard of Gold Belly? Gold Belly, pizza? No, uh, it's a website. Cody, have you heard of it? No. Oh, is that the one that you can order pizza or something on? You can, yeah, you can order um, pretty much anything. You order pizza, you can get like. Um, like a lot of like local like towns, like you know, like how New York has like they have Prince Street pizzas, like a big popular one there. Chicago is Lou Malnati's and Giordano's and Gino's East, like stuff like that. You can get that, like they'll send you frozen, fr- frozen, frozen, frozen pizza. Frozen. <laughs> Give me some of that frozen pizza. <laughs> but they'll send you like like Hello Fresh does, but with like popular food like that. So I, while we were been on the podcast, I've I've almost pulled the trigger on Lou Malnati's, but it, it would come, <laughs> it it would come here uh, while I'm in Des Moines. So I don't, I I'll, I'll wait on it, but I'm gonna do it. Um, but it's it's pretty high priced. It'd be like it'd come out to be like thirty thirty five dollars a pizza or so. Um, is that something you guys would do? Like if you like Cody, it would, is your dollars would yes. be possible for you to get around here? Yeah, uh, around there. Would you do that? I absolutely would. So I'm. I'm. First of all, I'm a little surprised. You're a Lou Malnati's guy over Giordano's. I am not. No, but... no. Yeah, I was gonna say Lou Malnati's is toilet pizza. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am not. But uh, I, Giordano's is. It's. Um, I've had it. You know, Giordano's. I can get. I could potentially get in West Des Moines. So like, I'm not. 
It's oh, not the that's same. Right. But, I forgot they opened up over but there. What I would do with the West Des Moines one is they sell frozen Giordano's, and we've done that before. Yeah. Um, and it's delicious. And, and that's what I would be getting with the Lumalnati's. And I just want frozen. I just want some frozen deep dish. And they don't do Giordano's on the Gold Belly. So okay. Um, so I just kind of want some deep dish. I want some frozen deep dish. Um, and I don't Lumalnati's when I've had it. I think since. Um, when Jared and I, so Jared and I had it, uh, last April. Yeah. And they served it on a toilet seat and it was bad. Like we had it at like 11 PM and it was just like all grease. I yeah. They I've dipped it, it in the toilet. <laughs> I've had it since and it wasn't as bad. Mm. Um, that is funny, but, but, uh, I, I just want some frozen. I just want some deep dish cause they used to have a deep dish that they sold here, uh, at the high V, uh, near, near me. And it was frozen, it, it, but it was so good. It was like, it's easily the best frozen pizza I've ever had. And it was very close to the Giordano's frozen deep dish that I had. Why'd they, so, why'd they get rid of it? I don't know. I was I was distraught. I was <laughs> on my knees in the middle of Hy-Vee going, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Um, the pizza guy's back, everyone. <laughs> but... I don't know. I, I really want to do this, and I think I'm gonna. But it's like it's a high price. I mean, two pizzas is sixty six dollars. So, um, you know, it, it's it's not cheap. But I really want it. And I think I'm gonna do it. I didn't realize how fast the shipping was coming. It was it's supposed to get here like on Friday. No um, way. If I that's two day it shipping. Now, but that's fucking awesome. That's yeah. a good weekend. <laughs> right? Yeah. That that's gonna be a weekend of mine. I'm just gonna order a couple pizzas and and gorge, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think that's something. Uh, check out Gold Belly. They got a lot of random bullshit on there. Like, you can get not just pizza. It's like you can get burgers and, uh, like, Chinese food and all kinds of stuff. That's cool. This is fascinating to me because, uh, like you're saying, I'm there's no – as far as I'm aware, there's no decent Chicago deep dish in Oregon. And I love Chicago deep dish. So I would spend to have one shipped out here. I absolutely would. So I'll be, I'll be interested to hear how your experience goes, Seth, and then if it's good – um, and hopefully your Lou Malnati's is better this time because uh, I've had it and it's 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 an okay it's a it's a good deep dish in my opinion it's I'm I'm still a Giordano's fan uh, first but um, mm-hmm. if if that gets to you and is good and you have a good experience with them let me know and I I would definitely try this this is something I would spend for so we got some pizza we got shot ones coming up and we got some YouTube news this week and one more thing. But I'm down to- Oh, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 149. <laughs> I thought, I'm just going to fucking go for it this time. Because I always do a little bit of a, that's, but this time I stuck my tongue all the way out of my mouth to make that sound. Um, but anyway, that is going to bring us to the end of episode 149. Um, big shouts out to all of our sponsors. Make sure you take out links to them in the description box, as well as links to the stories and topics that we talked about today. Head on down there so you can uh, get some more information. Uh, again, big shouts out to our, not even a guest anymore, our, our third host, really. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, th- thanks for being on again. And Jared, I know this upcoming week on J Buck Live, are, are, are we doing a 2020 mid-year review? Is that in the books? Or, or And what else is, is coming up soon for the channel there? Yeah, no, thank you guys again for what the three months, I think it's been three months straight now that I've been on this show, which just (laughs) seems wild. Um, I'm not doing anything with my life, which is also very wild. Um, For, uh, yeah, J-Buck Live next week, um, I looked at the calendar, I'm like, you know, June 30th, we're halfway through the year, let's just do the best and worst movies of 2020 so far. 
Um, I don't know. I'm kind of curious what people have to say. And again, it's it's just a topic to throw out there because sometimes, as you might know, movie news is very slow right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> Make Plus, sure can... uh, I think I'm working on a couple more sponsors, a.k.a. commercials, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, uh... <laughs> If if you have any other characters that are on the level of a Bob Lyon, uh, I'm in full support. Bob, I fucking love Bob Lyon, dude. Every time he comes up, I'm like, I love it. That's one of my favorites. Um, between Bob Steve. Lyon and Stevie Sparkles, uh, you yeah. got quite, quite the you got quite the uh, the stable of, of characters over there on J Five. Imagine Glenn, trying to date me. <laughs> I do often. You're like. You're like the not scary version of the beast and and split. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's so good. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, great stuff. Uh, Again, make sure you check out the description box. Hit us up on Anchor. Shouts out to our contributors once more. And another reminder if you become a contributor, during the month of June, uh, your contribution dollars as well as your ad dollars are going to support Black Lives Matter. So we certainly appreciate everyone participating yeah. in that this month. Um, so even if even if you don't give us money, just listen to the podcast over and over again, and then we'll get your ad money. Exactly. Yeah, and and we're shipping it all off, uh, everything up up until uh, the end of the month here. So uh, we'll have a dollar total for you next week on the show. Uh, we can tell you what what we were able to donate, and um, uh, yeah, that'll be pretty exciting to share and. More goofiness and all sorts of stuff uh, coming back at you in seven days. But that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, for the so host, Seva, and for the beast, Jared Buckendall, <laughs> <laughs> I've been the co-host, Cody Michael, and we will see you next week. Bye.